favorite songs, amen. Y'all stop looking disappointed when Alex gets up here by himself, amen. <laughs> love to hear his family sing, but I love to hear him sing, amen. What a blessing. If you have your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 8. I appreciate his mechanical ability too. Um, we were praying the other morning about this bus getting fixed because the bus is important. And Wednesday night, we was praising God for that little wire that he found on a forum on the internet. And I made this statement. I said, God's better than Google. Amen? And he is. Uh, but sometimes God uses Google. And we got that 66-passenger bus started because of one-eighth of an inch stripped wire from somewhere to somewhere that they found. Amen? But I just want to give you this praise. I said that I'm so glad that those buses are running because there might be somebody get saved. This was Wednesday night I was saying this. There might be somebody get saved that rides in on that bus tonight. I said, that just might be. I want you all to know that your pastor is a prophet because it took place. A little girl got saved. And Connie got to lead the Lord because she was going over the testimony time and she had no testimony, and she was saved. And she got saved, and she was going through the plan of salvation. Oh, I know that verse. We sing that and quote that on the bus every Sunday. See, the bus program's important because it's biblical bus program. Amen? So she had already been prepared to be saved because she heard the scriptures on that bus. Now, aren't you glad that they don't sing some secular junk on that bus? I borrowed a bus one time from a church in a neighboring community, and I, I, when I got on it, there was these strobe lights all over the place, and on the front row was this big old TV. I said, glory to God, I'll take this home, go camping in this thing. And uh, they just had more than a program. They had entertainment, and uh, I just thank God for Brother Chris and all the uh, men that run the bus route, Brother Derek and Brother uh, Tuttle. We have a special prayer request for him. Uh, that that 2 o'clock shift will be changed to a normal life shift. Amen? You have to go, if I had to go in at 2 o'clock, I wouldn't be worth 10 cents. I know you are worth 25 cents, but I mean, I, I, would, I would just, it'd be hard for me to function. You know, amen? I got to have my 17 hours of sleep or I ain't no good. Amen? Uh, but um, thank God for the bus ministry. Amen? I just want to praise God somebody got saved because somebody got a wire and fixed it. Amen? I mean... And I want to say this, you're shorting your life out if you ain't full of praise and gratitude. Folks, I heard that gratitude is the seedbed of joy. You ought to be thankful for everyone, everything, and most of all, thankful for God. Every breath you ought to be thankful. You ought to be thankful for all things. I'll never forget the story of uh, Corey Tamboon, and, and I put a quote on the uh, page this morning, prayer page, that... Um, she, she said that many things that she'd had placed in her hands, she'd lost. But everything that she placed in God's hands, she still has. And that's a thought. But one time she was uh, uh, in a consecration, uh, concentration camp, a prison camp, because she's a Jew, and they, it was infested with fleas. And she was teaching a devotion to all the ladies saying, uh, the Bible says pray and praise God and thank God for all things. And 
One lady piped and said, how can we thank God for all these fleas that we have to sleep with? I said, well, we ought to thank God for it. He'll sanctify it. Those fleas that we'll thank God for. So they had a prayer meeting and they thanked God for fleas. And then after a while, the guards stopped coming in because of the fleas and they had more time to study the Bible. So the fleas, little fleas, ran the guards out the door. So you can thank God for fleas. Say amen. Come on. Your dog does. You ought to. Say amen. All right, Genesis chapter 8. Praise God. I was talking to Brother Johns back there about his brother that I saw in a sanctified place called Chick-fil-A several months ago. And Doyle was testifying and thanking you for praying for him with that double lung transplant. I didn't even know they could do one of those things, brother. And he's doing his nine-month checkup tomorrow, I believe in Nashville, uh, Vanderbilt, uh, and, uh, and it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And thank God for it. We ought to praise him for answering our prayer for him. And I know he had several churches praying. We just got in on the blessing of it. But it's good to have them here. They have fourth Sunday night off. I don't give you fourth Sunday nights off, amen. I'm afraid you'll go and not come back. But uh, I know the Johns will come back because we know who pastors there. But uh, thank the Lord for visitors tonight. Thank God for this good crowd. I can't get over how many smiles are already on your faces. Amen. And what a good prayer meeting we had. Romans chapter 8. I want to preach on Noah's second building project. Noah's second building project. Probably his most important project. The Bible says in verse 20, let's stand on the word of God, Noah, uh, Noah chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8. I'm going to rename the whole book. Amen. Y'all say the apostates and renaming the Bible. Anyway, let's go to Noah chapter 8. No, uh, Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. It says, For Noah built an art, uh, uh, altar. He built an art too. Uh, Y'all pray for me. I'm going to have a hard time preaching. Let's... <laughs> Amen. Sometimes it's easy, sometimes it's not. And Noah built an altar unto the Lord. He took of every clean beast and every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings, I'm emphasizing what I'm preaching on tonight, on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savor. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground anymore for man's sake, for the imagination of man's heart's evil from his youth, and it's also very ungrateful. Neither will I again smite any more everything living as I have done. While the earth remain in seed time and harvest, Cold and heat, summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. I'd like to preach a few minutes on Noah's most important building project, an altar of thanksgiving. You may be seated as I pray. Father, thank you for the good song, and thank you, dear God, for the good singing of praise. I pray, dear God, that it's been a sweet-smelling Savior to your nostrils and to your mind and heart as we prayed and as we read the missionary letter and as we sang, and Lord, as we preached, that it would literally be an act of worship to you. Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing, what you've done in our lives. It's only by the grace of God we wanted to be here. It's only by the grace of God we're saved. And we just thank you and praise you for every blessing. Lord, we pray for our brother uh, Howard, and we just heard about Brother Chris uh, Lumpkin being rushed to the hospital with high blood pressure. God, we just thank you for uh, them, and we pray that you watch over them and 
help them during this time of need. We thank you, dear God, for uh, this word from the word from the Lord. And I pray, God, you'd use this message to help us to live with an attitude of gratitude and praise in our heart and thanksgiving in our soul. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I began this message. And uh, Romans 1.21 says that they were unthankful in the reprobate stage that they were in. And there's a list of lo- many sins, some terrible sins, like uh, lesbianism and homosexuality. It's listed in Romans chapter 1. The last verse says they were entertained by sin. They took, they took pleasure in them that sinned. And today, some of the uh, uh, movies that sell out are those about serial killers and terrible things and we're entertained by folks we hadn't evolved we de-evolved and I want to say this friend you are going away from God faster than you can believe if your heart is not thankful every second of the day if you're not thankful every day the last days in the middle of all those sins 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 2 says and they were unthankful truce breakers unnatural affection all these wicked sins uh, implacable and uh, murderous and all these signs of the time, sins of the time, and folks, we're there. I can't imagine how bad the world is because America's so good, but I want to tell you something, America's wicked. And it all starts with an attitude of pride. I believe the essence of not being thankful is that you're so thankful for yourself, you're not thankful to God. You're so thankful for your attainment that we almost are intoxicated by our own uh, successes, as Abraham Lincoln said when he made a proclamation about Thanksgiving. We become intoxicated by our own success, that we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Folks, we need to realize that God has blessed America. And if if we're going to be blessed in the future, we've got to have God's blessing. God's blessed your home. God's blessed your family. God's blessed your life. And folks, the special order as I went began this morning is uh, Genesis chapter 8, verse 20, that thanksgiving ought to come first. As soon as they de-art, he hit the ground not building a house for Mrs. Noah. That had been on some of you ladies' uh, uh, list. Me first. Let's get a home. We'll build an altar in the home, Noah. But no, Noah built an, built an altar under the Lord. And so we see the special order that the first thing he did was he thanked God for salvation. The first thing you ought to do every day is get up and say, Dear God, thank you that I'm saved. Amen. Thank you that I'm redeemed. Thank you that I'm forgiven. And thank you, dear Lord, I'm headed to heaven instead of hell. Say amen right there. And folks, it should be, Thanksgiving should have a special action, but a special approach. Folks, and it ought to have a single objective, number two, a single objective, and that's the glory of God. Folks, everything was created for His glory. The Bible says in Revelation 4, the last verse of that chapter, that all things were and are created for His pleasure. The only way to please God is by faith. And folks, if you have faith, you're going to have one thing in your life. You're going to focus on what God's done for you, what God's doing, and what God shall do in your life. That's faith, amen? And folks, faith ought to bring thanksgiving. The Bible says we ought to make our requests made known to God. Don't be careful for anything. Preach against worrying a little bit this morning. And thank God, friend, we need to realize 
I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. I know when the Lester Loloff uh, came to Dalton and I got to hear him up at Rocky Face when Rocky Face was strong, independent, camp meeting church, Rush Harbor and all. But the Lester all brought those girls and they sang and they quoted this whole chapter, Psalms 121. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. And these street urchins, these prostitutes, these precious drug addicts, these runaways were thankful enough to praise him. They didn't have a choice with Dr. Lester Olaf, praise God. And I believe when he went down in that plane over Texas, they were probably praising God that they were about to go to heaven. And when the plane went down, they went up. Say amen. And folks, I want to tell you something. We need to give thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians 5.20. There's a distinction in thanksgiving. Let's go to the text. It says he offered. We're not told that Noah gave thanks, but we do. he did give unto the Lord. And I can surmise that the reason he was offering a burnt offering, the first thing he did when the dry, ground was dry and uh, the, the water subsided, as you'll read the preceding verses, is because he was thankful. He was thankful for salvation. He was thankful for his household being saved. He was thankful for direction and wisdom to build an ark in the middle of dry ground. And then it began to rain. It never rained before. That is faith. Say amen. And folks, I want to tell you, we need to realize that thanksgiving is given. It's given God His honor. Given God His due. Not getting caught up in what we're doing, but getting caught up in what God's doing. Gratefulness. You know, it's amazing to me that the most grateful people are the most attractive. And the person that has no friends is the self-centered person. They are self-sufficient. They don't thank God for anybody but themselves. I mean, they probably kiss themselves when they look in the mirror. They probably hug themselves as they look in the mirror and say, you're God's gift to women. You say, that's an awful case of pride. No, that's an awful case of a wild imagination. <laughs> Amen. Some of you men don't do that. But I want to say this, friend. God help us. God help us and God deliver us from self. Come on, self. I believe the most selfish sin there is is giving yourself credit for what God has done and God is doing in your life. We ought to be so grateful. We ought to be so grateful. We're objects of God's grace and I think he ought to be the object of our gratitude. If we're the object of God's grace, and we are, we ought to be the object, or he ought to be the object of our gratitude. I ended with this verse this morning. I want to give it to you again. Romans eleven thirty six. Romans eleven thirty six. This sums it all up. Romans eleven thirty six. The Bible says, For of him and through him and to him are all things, all things. Let's give him credit. To whom be glory forever. Amen. And so we see not only the uh, distinction of thanksgiving, it's offered. Not only do we see, uh, friend, the... Um, 
direction of thanksgiving, it's unto the Lord. But let me just say tonight, I see the delight of thanksgiving. The delight of thanksgiving. You know, some people, they're thankful so they'll be thanked. That's manipulation. They're gracious so somebody will be gracious to them. But I want you to see in verse 21, the Bible says, And the Lord smelled a sweet Savior, and the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground. I'll tell you, folks, he smelled, he perceived, there was a scent, there was a delight. He accepted Noah's sacrifice. Thanksgiving is one of the few things in the Bible that God says he's pleased with. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21, let's just do a study of what pleases God. I think that's the bottom line of having your prayers answered, 1 John 3, 22. That you know that you have the prayers answered because you do those things that please Him. But look at 1 Corinthians, and I want you to look at verse 1, chapter 1 and verse 21 real quick. 1 Corinthians 1, 21. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians uh, 1, and verse 21, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. I want to tell you what the Lord's very pleased with. Preaching that brings conviction to souls and souls responding and getting saved. It pleases the Father to bruise him, the Bible says in Isaiah 53. And so folks, he's very pleased when he knows that his blood was not shed in vain in a person's life. And he's very pleased when a preacher makes much of Calvary, makes much of the blood, and preaches the cross, and preaches the gospel, the death, the burial, and the resurrection. And that's what is such a shame and a heresy that people preach religion to get saved. Climbing a ladder, doing good works to be saved. It's a sham. It's a disgrace. But God's pleased with gospel preaching. God's pleased with souls responding. I believe Wednesday night he was pleased when that little girl got saved. Amen. And then I'll tell you what else is he's pleased with. Go to Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. Colossians chapter 1 verse 19. The Bible says he's pleased with this. I want to make a point here. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. I'm saying that so I'll find it. General Electric Power Company. Colossians chapter uh, 1 verse 19. The Bible says this, For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Amen. I want to tell you something. The Bible says in um, Matthew chapter 3 that when He was being baptized, He said, This is my Son in whom I'm well pleased. Folks, he's pleased, he was pleased with Jesus because the fullness dwelled in him, the fullness of God. Folks, he was magnified through Jesus. He, he was in Jesus. He is Jesus. God the Father, God the Son. It pleased him. And then the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 5, and you know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5 and 6, that, he, it, it, that he's pleased with faith. Faith. You want to please God, live by faith, not by feelings. And my, my word, don't, and please don't live by focus of the world. Because I'm going to tell you something, the world's corrupt. 
I, I can't imagine. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you, and I'm not going to try to get mad or anything, but I want to tell you something. This world's in such a mess that sin's accepted. It's a dark world we live out there. People have lost their blush. And I'm not talking about that stuff you put on your face, ladies, to make you look prettier. Amen? It's all right to put a little of that on you just as long as you don't put so much on it you can't identify the object. Amen? I used to say it's all right to paint a bar as long as you don't put too much paint on it, but that, that was a bad analogy. Bad, no, 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 no. But I want to say this. It pleased God when you have faith. Have faith. And faith uh, uh, over this wicked world of focus and feelings and sensual pleasures and this philosophy that just kills me is... Uh, I'll do what feels good. It's not what feels good, it's what's in this book. We ought to, it ought to please God. I want to tell you something, friend, one of the most detrimental things going on today in the high schools and colleges is people always living for approval of someone else. Folks, we live in a wicked day. A wicked day, a dangerous day, a perilous time. Rested two up in Northwest for carrying guns on the campus to, because a drug deal went down. Thank God you ought to be rejoicing if your children are in Northwest that nobody was harmed. Say amen. Somebody told on him. And I want to tell you something, folks. We live in a day where if a school doesn't have violence, it's an exception. It's wicked out there. It's terrible. And folks, I want to tell you something. You can go with the flow if you want to, but it's going downstream it's in a whirlpool. It's going under. What we need is to please God by faith. We need to be different. We need to be unique. We need to be distinctively Christian. We need to be holy and not apologize for being soldiers of Christ. And then, but I want to show you something he's well pleased with. Turn to Hebrews chapter 13. I said all that to say this. You ever heard a preacher say that? So why don't you say it in the first place? Because I, I like the scriptures. Amen. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15 and 16. The Bible says this. By him, by him, it's everything by him. Therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of what? Praise to God. Don't you ever make fun of somebody praising God? Praise to God continually. This is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Listen to this. But do good and, and to communicate, forget not, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. He's well pleased with gratitude and thanks that turns into communication, and that word means giving. Giving. Folks, you want to communicate how much somebody means to you, you give to them your time. You give to them your ear to listen. You give to them uh, what they need, not what they want, but what they need. And so, folks, the Bible says the sacrifice of praise, God is well pleased. Amen? I must agree with Robert Murray Machine, a great preacher of the past, who said this in his sermon. Thanksgiving obtains the Spirit. I am deeply persuaded that there will be no full, soul-filling, here, 
ravaging heart, satisfying outpouring of the Spirit of God uh, until there is more praise and thanking the Lord. Oh, let us offer up true spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 2, chapter 5. Or chapter 2, verse 5. And folks, I want to tell you something, friend. The Spirit of God is the dynamic of praise. The Spirit of God is the dynamic of thanksgiving. Without the Spirit of God, you are ultimately selfish. Without the Spirit of God, and only the Spirit of God can mortify the deeds of the flesh. The only way we can be crucified with Christ and acknowledge that fact is the Spirit of God must convict us that He is everything and we are nothing without Him. Folks, the Spirit of God and the evidence of being filled with the Spirit of God is we give thanks for all things for this is the will of God concerning you, Ephesians 5.20. Well, let me close and show you the spiritual offering of thanksgiving. Look at verse 20 back in our text, please. And we'll close. Genesis 2, verse 20 says, And the Lord built an altar, or Noah built an altar unto the Lord, unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast, of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. But it goes on to say this, And the Lord smelled a sweet Savior. It was acceptable. And the Lord said in the heart, I will not, uh, again, curse the ground anymore for man's sake. I want you to notice in verse 20, it said every clean fowl and every clean beast. I just want to say this, friend. One of the ways that you can show God that you're grateful is through the beauty of holiness. Now, folks, you're looking at a Baptist that believes in holiness. I believe, friend, our life ought to be different. It ought to be godly. And that means God-like. And I believe, friend, with all my heart, that uh, uh, if you want to thank God for your parents, live a life that brings honor to them. Don't shame their name. Don't have duplicity in your life where when you're away from them, you shame them with another lifestyle, another way of living. And folks, I want to tell you something. Our Heavenly Father saved us. He sanctifies us. He sustains us. He created us, thank God. And folks, what we ought to be is faithful to thank Him out of a holy life. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, I beseech ye, therefore, brethren. God is begging you. And He don't beg. He's pleading with you. He's exhorting you. I beseech ye, uh, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice. And what's the next word? Holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Say amen. I feel so sorry for people. I tried to witness to a guy yesterday that was here buying the missionary's car, and thank God I'm not going to try that again. Amen. I mean, this, this, I had a communication barrier, but he didn't have no communication barrier. The time he got here, he started saying, 10-5. I said, I said, 10-8. 10-5. Ten five. I only got 10-5. So, well, you, got, you can have 10-5 if you want to, but it's 10-8, amen? Then after we finally dickered and came down to 10-8, I said, hey, Jesus. His name was Jesus. I said, do you know Jesus? He said, yeah, I know myself. I said, no, I don't mean that. I said, do you know the Savior? He says, no, I'm Catholic. 
And he said, uh, you can pray for me if you want to, but I'm Catholic. I don't feel like changing. I said, well, I ain't trying to change you. Uh, let me go get a Spanish track. I looked all of this church for a Spanish track. We got to get right with God and get some Spanish tracks, amen. But I found one. It was Larry Stiles' testimony, amen. And I looked at this and I said, here. And he said, oh, testimonial. I like testimonial. I said, yeah, before I sell you this car tomorrow, you're going to have to read everything about this, this, this testimonial. And he promised he would, and he did, and he come back. And I said, Jesus, I mean, Jesus, uh, don't you want to receive Jesus as your Savior? I said, religion's not enough. Hail Mary's not enough. Uh, penance is not enough. Religion's not enough. And I said, come on back here. Let me serve you a Coke. And we gave him all, everybody, the whole group was with him. Uh, uh, Coca-Cola, and we just had a good time. And then finally he says, no, I'll just stay with Catholicism. I said, well, let me pray for you. And as I prayed for him, right when I was in the prayer, he was going this, doing this number. I never figured out what that is, so help me. But folks, it's sad that a man named Jesus is going to hell thinking he's going to heaven because of works. I think of Psalms 51 verse 16. For thou desirest not sacrifice, else I would give it. Thou delightest not in burnt offerings. The sacrifice of God, I mean what he accepts, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. Oh God, thou will not despise. Folks, he despised God because he despised the commandments of God. He committed adultery, he committed murder, he lost four children, and now he's coming to repentance, and he said, I found out something. Religion's not enough. Ritual's not enough. Sacrifices of the Old Testament's not enough. What I need is a broken and contrite heart. Oh, God, he won't despise that. He won't count that as ordinary. He'll accept that. And that's how David got right with God. Amen? We have the Psalms because of that. And so let me just say this. A spiritual offering is what God wants on Thanksgiving. That means a clean offering. It was clean and unclean animals of that day. And God will not accept every Thanksgiving. If you don't believe it, turn to Luke chapter 18 sometime and read the prayer of the Pharisee that beat his chest and saying, I've done this and I'm doing this and I'm doing this. But there was a man that couldn't even look up to God. And he said, oh God, be merciful, me a sinner. And the Bible says this man was justified. And this prayer was answered, thank God. And I want to tell you something. This guy was trying to impress God. But I want to tell you something. This other fellow was impressed with God and what he did for him. And so, folks, listen. There is a, a need in your life for a spirit of holiness. Now, you don't like that. Nobody likes an old-fashioned church. Everybody's looking for a contemporary one. I hope you're not. But folks, the Pharisee gave thanks, but his thanksgiving was hypocritical. It was self-exalted. What we need is some humility. And humility is voiced by thanksgiving. Lord, thank you. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't be here. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I couldn't teach that class. It wasn't for the grace of God, I couldn't win that soul. It wasn't for the grace of God, I couldn't run that bus. It wasn't for the grace of God, I couldn't play that piano or that organ or those instruments. It wasn't for the grace of God, I couldn't sing up in the choir. If it wasn't for the grace of God, you'd be slap dab in the middle of hell. But you're in church tonight, and you ought to thank God that you wanted to go to church. You ought to thank God that the Lord gave you a new heart for him. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 says, Wherefore come out from among them, be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And folks, we live in a day and age where people are shacking, people are changing their gender, people are... Uh, hugging up to uh, same sex. And folks, it's a, it's a slap in God's face. He created male and female, thank God. He created a difference. And some parents are so foolish, they let their children discern, discern and decide what they're going to be. I'm going to tell you something. It's already been decided when they were born, say amen. God, help us. Who do we think we are changing God's opinion of marriage, changing God's opinion of creation? Folks, he's God. We ought to worship him as the God. Humbly say, dear God, thank you for making me a man. And you ladies, thank God for I'm a woman and that I'm not like my man. Say amen. Aren't you glad your wife is different than you? How would you like to kiss somebody as ugly as you? Woo! God deliver us right there, amen? I ain't never wanted to kiss a mustache. I know we laugh, but it's sad. And it's accepted. And it's the norm. And people look at you when you preach the old-fashioned gospel and think you're absolute crazy. But I want to tell you something, folks. We're not crazy. We're just appreciative that God makes no mistake. And he is God. Amen. And don't give up on your little self. He ain't finished with you yet. So many people are down on themselves and you're down on your creator. Won't you start liking yourself? Say amen. You ought to, husbands, you ought to love your wife as you love your own body. Amen. Then I want to tell you something, folks. Not only is it a clean spirit, but it's a complete surrender. Noah's offering was not only clean, but it was an offering that was burnt. It was a burnt offering, first mentioned in the Bible. And Abel's was sin offering, Cain was a meal offering, Noah offered a burnt offering. Folks, every part of that offering was burnt. That's a picture of total consumption, total commitment, willingly denying yourself. If you want to be thankful and you want to be an offering that's well pleased with God, then you need to be an offering that is solidified with the other offerings. You know, we're too busy to stay on the altar because we're worried about the other guy's offering and we're criticizing them. That's like one lamb on the altar criticizing another one and falling off that altar while you're criticizing. Folks, the Bible says if you're going to be an offering, Matthew chapter 5, you need to get your alt right with your brother before you even offer an offer. If you realize there's a, a brother has an alt against you, first go to that brother and then offer your offering of sacrifice. Offer your worship. And folks, some people can't worship some people can't pray. Some people can't be thankful because they got so much bitterness in their life they can't see God's blessings. Amen. Bitterness is killing you. 
I've seen bitterness kill people by suicide. They're bitter at God. They're bitter at themselves. They're bitter at their relatives. They don't think nobody loves them, and so they're going to get even by killing themselves. That's not getting even. I'll hurt them so much. I've had suicide notes that people give me right before I preach somebody's funeral that committed suicide and said, we found out why, why, uh, why he committed suicide. He was trying to hurt us. I said, he did a pretty good job, didn't he? And I want to tell you something, friend. There's no comfort to that. But I want to tell you this, friend. What we need to do is stop getting our eyes on other people, trying to straighten everybody else out. And what we need to do is get on the altar and let God consume our selfishness. Number two, the offering ought to be sold out. We're priests. We're royal priests. We're peculiar people. And the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, we ought to show forth the praise of God as a chosen generation. As a priest. We're priests. We're to offer the sacrifice so people can smell the sweet Savior of God. We ought to be so grateful that people want Jesus. And I want to tell you something, friend. There's a whole bunch of churches in Dalton, Georgia, Whitfield County, and Murray County, Brother John's, that are started because of a split or a splatter or a splinter. They can't even get along. And the lost and dying world says, I thought we were supposed to know the disciples because they love one another. I'm going to tell you something. A preacher that's trying to build his own kingdom, he thinks other churches are competition. But a preacher that's reaching souls, they look at another church as co-laborers. Say amen. That's not original, but that's a good quote. Folks, last but not least, our sacrifice should be surrender. Turn to Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Our thanksgiving should be total surrender. Folks, we need to stay on the altar. We need to realize this burnt offering. God wants to take all your life. Well, I don't want to give him all my life. I got, I got, my, I got my hobbies. I got my things. I got my family. And I want to tell you something. Whatever you put before God becomes your idol. And I want to just say you this, and I'll just be honest with you, and this is a fearful thing to say, but God knows how to chop away idols. He needs to take the idols of Dagon and drop them to the floor. I'd be afraid to put my children before God. I'd be afraid to put my wife before God. I'd be afraid to put my hobbies or my activities before God. I'd be afraid to put myself before God. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. There shall be no other gods before him. And there shouldn't be any other gods before him. We ought to crown him as Lord of our life. He deserves the preeminence. He deserves the prominence. Folks, he deserves everything. Folks, I think you understand that God's not satisfied with straddling the fence. God's not satisfied with just a little dab of do you. And God's not just satisfied with one foot in the church and one foot out. And God's not satisfied with two-facedness. You can't look and seek his face looking at another face. You've got to look at his face. We need to seek his face. That means it's singular. It means it's preeminent. It means you see his face in everything. You want to please him. You want to see a smile upon his face. But here it is. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Listen to this now. 
and take up his cross and follow me. I believe he wants us to stay on the cross. He wants us to die to self. He wants to present, he wants you to present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Our thanksgiving is not a fair show of the flesh. Galatians 6, 12. It says, and many as desire to make a fair show of the flesh. They constrain you to be circumcised only lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. Folks are just going through the motions. God delivers from going through the motions. I know some people that come to leave when they come to church. I know some people come to church and they just go through the program. Here's a song, here's a song. Oh, my word, it's... It's 7.07. When's he going to shut up? I got five murder, murders to watch when I get home, praise God, and, and uh, cash cabs on. I want to laugh a little bit. Amen. Or the coats are playing the antelopes. I don't know who's playing. Amen. I don't believe God's ex too pleased with that. We won't go through the motions. Oh, let's sing another song. Not I wish you wouldn't let us. Make a stand. And why do we have to sing five verses? Hallelujah. Let's get this thing over with, Brother Randy. Let the preaching go. And then when I start preaching, I say, let's get this thing over with, Brother Wayne. And we come to leave. We ought to come seeking his presence. Felt his presence this morning. Had visitors come in my office and said, we felt the presence of God. I said, well, come back then. Come back. Folks, I want to tell you something. The only way for Thanksgiving to be right and real is that it must be accepted of God. And it must be that we're all consumed on the altar of sacrifice. The Bible says in Hebrews 10, 22, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. A true heart. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. And that's the word of God. Folks, God's not so hard-pressed to use dirty vessels. And God's not so hard-pressed to accept worship from a heart that's so impressed with himself. We need to be impressed with him. Let me just close and say, it's not only a clean off, off altar, Offering, it's not just, just a complete surrendered offering, but it's a continual offering. Look at Genesis chapter 8, verse 20. And it says, every clean fowl and offered burnt offerings on the altar. I want you to notice one word and really one letter, offerings. He offered burnt offerings. Noah's wife must have said, when is he going to come home? Or when he's going to come get us out of this ship and praise God, build me a home. Now, I know Miss Noah wasn't like that. She's godly as he was. She's probably on the other side of the altar. She's probably helping him slay, slay the burnt offering. She had to be to put up with all those animals, say amen. I want him to have a dog inside. And they, they had a bunch of them. Elephants, rhinoceros, hippopotamuses. They're all over the place. What a wonderful scene. But I want to tell you something, friend. He said offerings. We don't know if Noah did that for weeks, maybe days. I don't think it was just for an hour and 15 minutes. 
Praise God. You're, come on, preacher. I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm hot. I'm cold. I'm sleepy. That's your fault. Praise God. Prepare yourself to worship. Amen. The fire on the altar should never go out. And one of the great duties of the priest was keep the fire burning. Folks, you're the priest. Folks, our responsibility is to keep the fire burning. Every day you ought to get up and thank God that you got up. Say amen. Remember what I said when I was a kid. I grumbled because I had to get up early until one day I couldn't get up. And then when I got up, after 11 months in a long leg cast, I thank God for every step. I thank God that I could go to work. I thank God I could get an old rusty comet. The exhaust came out of the defrost. I ain't figured that out yet, Brother Gary. The de- I mean, the, ex- the exhaust came out of the defrost. The glove compartment, the only thing good about that old comment, the glove compartment would slap down, hit the knees of my date, and she'd have to slide over. Now, I wasn't always sanctified. I wasn't always independent Baptist either, praise God. She had to slide over because that glove compartment. I had, it, I had it pop open on purpose, praise God. It was always Miss Connie. But anyway, let's go on. She's looking at me like, don't bring that up. Oh, friend, the Bible says this. When he changed his behavior about Amalek who drove him away and he departed, he said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Psalms 34 verse 1. The Bible says in Psalms 71 verse 6, By thee have I holden up from the womb. That means God created you and God sustained you and if it wasn't for God, you wouldn't be breathing. And you surely wouldn't be going to heaven. He says, Thou art he that took me out of my mother's womb. My praise shall be continually of thee. Job chapter 1 verse 5. And it was so that when the days of their feasting were gone about, Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. He never stopped praising God. Hebrews 13, 15 says this, By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. One last verse, Psalms 79, verse 13. So we, thy people, and thy sheep of thy pasture, will give thanks forever. We will show forth thy praise to all generations. Let me just make this statement. If Christians would praise God more, the world would doubt him less. If Christians would praise God more, the world would doubt God less. Don't go out of here criticizing, critiquing, and finding fault, you're sending people to hell. Go from here tomorrow and through the day and on the job and when you meet with your, with your relatives on Thursday and praise his holy name and bless his holy name and thank God for everything and thank God for every breath and thank God for every 
spoonful of egg custard pie. Hallelujah. Thank God you can break your diet and still be holy on Thanksgiving. Thank God for every blessing. And maybe your lost and dying relatives will say, the Lord, he is good. The Lord, he is good. Pastor Rittenhouse and his family were on a vacation trip. They were going down the road in their car, and a car come in the other direction. And the trunk flew open, and a suitcase fell out, and that car just kept on going. Brother Rittenhouse stopped and went and picked up the suitcase. That car was so gone, he couldn't get it back to him, and so he took the suitcase and took it home and opened it. There were the clothes and some things, but they went through the suitcase to try to find the owner of the suitcase so they could uh, get it back to him, and they found no identification except a $20 gold piece that had an inscription on it given to Otis Simpson upon his retirement, Portland Cement Company. $20 gold piece. They began to investigate, wrote the Portland Cement Company. They found Otis Simpson and said, he was going to send him a letter. He said, Mr. Simpson, we have your suitcase and there's, we, want to, we want to be able to retrieve it and we wanted to send it to you. And he sent them a letter back and said, please just discard the whole thing, the clothes. I don't care about that. But he said, would you please send me the $20 gold piece? And he said several times in his letter, it is the most valuable possession. That most, it's my most valuable possession. And so they mailed it to him. But Pastor Rittenhouse also wrote his testimony out, included a gospel track, told him about his most valuable possession. So I want to tell you about my most valuable possession. And he talked to this man about Jesus and told him how Jesus had saved him and given him everlasting life. And he said, I want to commend him to you that you would receive him as your Lord and Savior. A year later, on the anniversary of that letter, Pastor Rittenhouse got a letter from Otis Simpson. It was a $20 gold piece included. And he said, I'm returning this to you. I want you to keep it because, he said, I want you to know that my wife and I, she's 72 and I'm 74, my wife and I are now active members of a local church. We have given our hearts to Jesus Christ. And he is now my most precious possession. He is now my most precious possession. Friend, I want to tell you what. The lost and dying world needs to know through your thanksgiving through your most precious possession. Saved. 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 Then show it with thanksgiving. Our Father... We love you, and we do thank you. We pray in Jesus' name, knowing your character is at stake, your authority is at stake, and your glory is at stake, that you would take our lives as an offering, that you would take our life. And Lord, we want to apologize for being critical and cynical and pitiful, negative. God, you take our life that it would be an offering unto thee, and that it would be so attractive because day in, day out, continually we offer ourselves as a burnt offering, a clean offering, 
a sanctified offering, an offering continually to you because we love you. We appreciate you. We're thankful for what you've done in our lives. Thank you, dear God, that every good and perfect gift cometh from above. That everything that's good about us, or that we've ever done good, it's because of you. And Lord, forgive us sometimes for not putting you first. And forgive us sometimes for being attracted by the pressures of this world to please man rather than God. God, may we learn to fear you, reverence you, respect you, and voice it with praise. With every head bowed, every eye closed. Tonight, how many are thankful? Thankful. God reached way down, picked you up one day. That God saved your soul. And I don't apologize for getting emotional about what God did in my life that morning or that night when James McDonald preached on hell and I got saved. So thankful. So appreciative. Then when God called me to pastor, start this church 42 years ago, I'm so thankful. So thankful that if God takes me home this week, that I can say that I had the privilege of pastoring such a church. I'm so thankful. But you'd say, dear God, I'm thankful that you saved me. Would you raise your hand as a happy testimony of that? You know you're saved. I'd be glad of that fact. Would you say amen? And why don't you whisper to the Lord, thank you. Because <laughs> when you say thank you, you're not getting the credit for it. You didn't earn it. Well, that wouldn't be a gift. You acknowledge that salvation is a gift of God. A gracious gift. It cost him his blood. It cost him his son. Is there anyone in here who say, I, I couldn't raise my hand, preacher? You might be religious and lost. But I'm so thankful that you preach this message because I need to be saved. I want you to pray for me. Anyone say, preacher, I'm not sure I'm saved, but please remember in your closing prayer. Just lift your hand up, back down. We won't embarrass you, won't come to you. We'll just pray for you. That's the most we can do for you. Because I'm thankful that you're here tonight. Anyone? Have me say, preacher, I'm saved, but I got some lost loved ones. I got some backslidden loved ones. I got some carnal, as carnal can be, loved ones. They won't even come to the house of God on Sunday. That's pretty bad. I mean, they can at least make Sunday morning. Praise God. You just say, and I don't, I don't mean that mean. I'm just saying it's bad when your heart gets that cold that you don't feel convicted to come. Yeah, I'm being critical. I'm being thankful that I'm not there. And I'm not better off. I'm just, I'm better. I'm just better off because God's convicted me. I need to be here. But you'd say, preacher, I, I want my life to be overflowing with the sweet-smelling fragrance of God's glory and praise and holiness, the beauty of holiness, yes, that they can see Jesus in my life. And I know I need to repent of some grumbling and griping and worry and fretting and pessimism. And I just want to be full of God's thanksgiving and grace so they can see Jesus in my life. Would you raise your hand on their behalf all over this place, all over this place?
all over this place. I'm going to tell you something. Honey draws a lot more than a bunch of vinegar. Don't preach them in hell till you show them heaven. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for this very special day that we've set aside to preach on Thanksgiving. Lord, we're going to thank you for the Lord's Supper Tuesday night and thank you for Calvary. God, I just thank you for so many people being here tonight. And I think I take it for granted until last Tuesday. Lord, I pray, dear God, that you would help these folks overflow with the Spirit of the living God in their life for love and joy, but also, dear God, thanksgiving. We're going to praise you for using their life to touch their soul and see the lost are running from God. We'll thank you for what you're going to do in these lives tonight. In Jesus' name.